Welcome to the 11th episode of Touring the Multiverse. This is the first limited series of the It's a Mimic podcast where I, Dave, lead you and Adam on a tour of one of the published campaign settings for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Over the course of this series on Eberron, I'll be breaking down history, lore, settings, populaces, adventures, and player options while I distract Dave and get us way off topic. Truth. Today, we're covering the Plains of Eberron. So, climb aboard the lightning rail and join me as we look into the steampunky world of high adventure as presented in Eberron, Rising from the Last War. Okay, so, today, Planes of Eberron. They're called airships, Dave. No, my favorite one is the SR-71 Blackbird. That is my favorite plane. I'm going to tell you right now that that the Venn diagram of D&D nerds and aircraft nerds is... There's a very small overlap. That joke did not land. Get it? For a lot of people. But for the ones that it did, you're welcome. Uh, So today, again, like I said, we're covering the planes. Now... Eberron is part of the Great Wheel of the Multiverse, okay? However, it is fundamentally apart from it as well. It is sealed off from all the other planes. It's encircled in its own wheel of cosmology, and its planes have profound shifting influence over the material plane. With me so far? Yeah. Look, in my head, this is a brand new alternate dimension of multiverse. Yes, but it is still part of the original one. It is just sectioned off. Uh, What has happened is the... and, And this is straight out of the book. The three progenitor dragons got away... From, from the Forgotten Realms? From the Great Wheel of the Multiverse, okay? Sure, yeah. And sectioned themselves off. And once they split away, uh, they recreated the Material Plane and recreated different races from the regular Multiverse here. Uh, so, and so you can kind of see how the Elves have been recreated, but they don't have Corallon. Sure. To worship it. Yeah, we don't have Mordrin for the dwarves or... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So so it's the same... It's copy and pasted, a lot of it, okay, from the original multiverse, which is where the three progenitor dragons come from. Okay. Okay? It's how they explain it, and it's how it's tied into it without not tying into it. Uh, now, the planet of Eberron is the material plane, and it is encircled by the Ring of Sybaris, which is made up of dragon shards that used to be the... Yeah. Sybaris, the yeah. progenitor dragon. There are 13 moons that orbit Eberron. There used to be 14. There we covered that. Be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they are completely unexplored. It is not known if there's life on them, if there's not life on them. They don't know if these planets have thriving civilizations or not. Uh, and some people say that the moons are connected to the different planes uh, and f- their physical extensions of them. Would you say that if you tried to scry out there, someone would be jamming your spells? With some sort of spell jammer? I imagine that it probably wouldn't get past the Ring of Sybaris. Okay. Now, this isn't part of the book. I didn't read this anywhere. And I know that they already kind of explain it as being part of Kyber and the Underworld, or the Underdark and aberrations and stuff. But Mind Flayers are aliens. Maybe this is where you bring them in. Maybe that's where they're about. Specifically, though, they're they're hanging out with the Delkir. That is a big thing that they... Hint at in all of the monster shit. So. Sure, but the Delkir are from one of these planes of existence. So, maybe. Yep. Um, now, there have not been any other planets discovered within the material plane. The underworld, Kyber, has demiplanes uh, and they have altered reality. This is where their fiends, aberrations, and other children of Kyber exist. We've gone over all of that before. Now, there are also certain places in the material plane that are manifest zones. This, these are where the barriers between planes are thin, and they can kind of bleed into each other. So This is a common fantasy trope. People will understand this. Yes. Yeah. Also, in the book, for each of the planes, they give you a table for where you may find one of these manifest zones for each of the different planes. It exists in the book. I'm not going to bring them up. It's again. a huge table, but like it's there. Go check it out. Yeah, each each of the 13 planes has a table, right? So okay. I'm not, not even going to touch on that today. We have 13 freaking planes to go through. Exactly. Yeah. But to give you a quick example of the Manifest Zone, Sharn, the City of Towers, 
is in a manifest zone that is linked to Serania, uh, which keeps the towers from falling. I'll get into what Serania is later. Ghosts the, will linger in manifest zones that are tied to Dolor. Okay. All right. So you're gonna, like, this is where all of the spellings for this shit is going to be in the show notes. So Dolor is not spelled the way that you may think it is. D O L U R R H. Sure, yeah. Uh, this is, remember when we spoke about the Talenta Plains? There were the areas where spirits wander. Yeah. Uh, and there's ancient ruins and ruins and stuff that can be linked back to different things. This could be the manifest zones for that. And the manifest zones can also contain portals to these other planes. It's not just where it bleeds through. It can also be the way into. Yeah, that's that's standard, though, as far as anyone who's familiar with how to get to and from the Shadowfell of the Feywild in Forgotten Realms is going to understand that these manifest zones are the same kind of thin places where doorways exist. And it, they don't have to be physical doorways or portals. You just walk into the fog and, and all of a sudden the fog smells different. You are in a different plane. Yeah. So... It, like dark corners and and strange senses of vertigo and whatnot will indicate that that you're somewhere else. When the shadows don't line up with where the sun is, you'll figure it out real quick. Yeah. So. Uh, and all of these planes are very different. So if you've got the knowledge, you'll kind of figure it out real fast. Sure. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to give a breakdown of the how the planes work. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the first one that we come to is Don V. Uh, which is the perfect order. Okay. okay. Yeah, it embodies order, ideals of law, and discipline. Are these aligned with the alignment chart as a general rule? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so this one just happens to be lawful? Yeah, this is... So... I mean, I guess, because there's kind of... No, maybe... Not the way that it is in the Great Wheel no. for Forgotten Realms. No, okay. No, because there would only be nine options, right? No, because they've got ones in between there, 16 options. So they've got lawful good, lawful good, lawful neutral, neutral good, right? Like they're... they're sure. No, yeah. no, no, it's not like that. So Danvi has immaculate districts that represent the different aspects of law, okay? There will be precisely maintained fields. There will be legalistic tribunals. There will be hordes of Modrons compiling archives of every rule and regulation that has ever existed in all of Eberron. Uh, some of these districts are governed by the justice system that is based on laws of goodness. However, there are other districts that have harsh laws that are imposed by tyrannical devils. That makes sense. It's like they jammed the entire lawful spectrum onto one plane. Yeah, this one is lawful. Sure, okay? gotcha. Uh, the next one is Dalcor. We've spoken about this one in the past to great many lengths. Yep. Uh, it is the region of dreams. Mortals can't contact Dalcor uh, except for when they're dreaming. The outer fringes of Dalcor are shaped by the memories and experiences of the people dreaming. But the core of the plane... The Dalcor of the plane? The Dalcor of the plane is shaped by the nightmare force known as the Dreaming Dark. Yep. Which... Yes, we've covered. We've spoken about uh, it is inhabited by, of course, the quarry. Uh, now, the quarry fought a war against the giants of Zendrik. The giants ended the war by severing the connection between the planes, so there are no manifest zones of Dalcor. Sorry, the only way to reach Dalcor is through psychic projection while dreaming. Uh, and, of course, the only way for the quarry to come uh, to the material plane, I almost said our realm, Yeah, um, is to possess a host. Uh, and that's really all there is about Dalcor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one is Dolor. Sure. Dolor! No. No. Uh, it is the realm of the dead. When a soul dies, it is drawn here. It is a place that is defined by despair and apathy. And over time, the soul's memories are leached out until only a husk remains. This is the Shadowfell. Most religions say that Dolor isn't the end of a soul's journey. Uh, it's a gateway to what lies beyond, and that's up for interpretation. There is potentially moving to a higher plane, joining the Sovereigns, merging with the Silver Flame, perhaps even reincarnation, right? Uh, but it is a gloomy place that are filled with traces of the dead. The, uh, the dead or undeath? Is it specifically the dead? The dead. Okay, so it's it's like the Shadowfell without the undead. Because the Shadowfell is just full of undead nonsense. No, it's not zombies and skeletons and stuff. It's souls that are having the memories leached out of it. I, I'm, I'm picturing... Remember in Beetlejuice when they open up the door 
in the afterlife and it's just that tornado of souls that are just like oh like i feel like that's that's part of this there's a lot of floating souls and they look tombstones and you know i i feel like that could probably be a part of a few different planes oh yeah okay there's some there's some good stuff coming up all right all right uh the next one is fernia which is a sea of fire uh this plane encompasses raw elemental power and the versatility of fire. Mm-hmm. Flame here is used as a weapon. Um, it's also a force to hold darkness at bay. It is a destroyer, but also a force of change. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it probably is. Yeah, it's like you need forest fires every few generations to clear it out so new growth can come in. Exactly. Um, but it is, again, a sea of fire. It's home to fire elementals. Uh, I, don't think there's, I don't think there's AC there, Dave. It's obviously too hot for AC. I had no idea what you were talking about for a minute because <laughs> it's real late and I'm tired and I'm sunburned and I golfed today and my knee hurts and I'm going to continue complaining, but you get the idea. Yeah. So uh, I get it. Har. Moving on. <laughs> it is home to fire elementals and celestials and fiends that kind of embrace these same ideals. Yeah. There are city islands of obsidian that drift on the sea of magma and... A lot of them are ruled by Efriti Pashas and fiendish satraps. Love okay, it. Okay, just like emperors. City emperors, right? Yeah, but the, the Efriti are genies, right? So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. But they're the fire genies. So. Yeah. Uh, the next one we have is Irion, which is the Plane of Eternal Dawn. This I'm sorry, the Plane of Eternal Dawn? Dawn, yes. Okay. Irion is the Plane of Light and Hope, and it is the source of positive energy and the foundation of light, love, and light. Light, love, and life. Yes, I feel like that's on bumper stickers, like like live, love, laugh, or whatever that is. It's yeah, it. light, love, live, or whatever. <laughs> light, love, laugh. No, light, love. I'm fucking tired. What of does what does light love? Light loves life. Light, love, life. I love life. I love lamp, which is light. And here we have come full circle. Uh, now, Irian is made up of fertile lands that are untouched by tools. There are crystal forests. It's full of thriving homesteads and communities. The sun never sets here. Angels dwell here in a grand city, and the denizens of Irian believe that their existence is helpful to Eberron because of the positivity that they bring. So this is good. We had law before, and this one is good. We've had... All right, hold hold on. We've had good dreams. What was next? Dolor. The soul's death. So, So good dreams, death, fire, law... All right, so so we're getting like a domain almost for some of these. Like, actually, you know what? Maybe that is the, the cleric domains. Light, there's the light domain, there's the order domain, there's the death domain. Oh, this is starting to click for me now. The fire domain? Is light, the light domain, yeah. But there's also the plane of light. Yeah, but it's also, it loves life. So there's life domain. What about the love domain? The love domain is my bedroom, ladies. <clears throat> Uh, the only other thing that the book said about Irion that was of importance is that the Celestials of Irion are most likely to respond to Planar Ally or similar spells. Okay. All right. That's where they're going to come from. Uh, the next one is Kithri, and it is the Plane of Churning Chaos. All right. Again, Plane of Chaos and Change. It's in constant flux. Here, elements collide, causing giant explosions. There are big... Piles of earth that fly around erratically through space. Uh, gravity shifts here. At, but the Githzari monks exert their will over the elements to craft monasteries of islands of earth. Okay, so we have the Githzari are not changing any. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, also, this is where you're going to find a large variety of different slots. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that makes sense, too, because they are as chaotic as they come. Yeah. They fill that slot nicely. You're welcome. Big oof. Big oof. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here all night. Tip your waiters. <clears throat> Limania, which is the next one, is the Twilight Forest. It's called a forest, but it actually has every possible natural environment. Uh, it's home to great beasts, lycanthropes, and other beings that reflect the power of nature. Okay, so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to trying to keep with the cleric theme here. The last one would have been, I'm assuming, Tempest, and this one would be the 
nature domain. Sure. Uh, its beauty is intoxicating to druids. Okay. Animals born here are paragons of their species that are infused with primal power. And these are specimens that would put the mage bred creatures of House Vidalis to shame. Uh, and that's all there is about Lymania. The next one we have spoken about a great many times. You always get a chuckle out of it. Would you like to say what it is? Is it Mabar? It is Mabar. <laughs> Your bar? No. Yeah, it is. This is Endless Night, okay? The darkness that promises to swallow the brightest day comes from here. So, Grave Domain. Could be. We had Death Domain, so... Alright, yep, keep going. Uh, the hungry shadow that yearns to consume light and life live here. Lives here. Okay. This is the plane of entropy, uh, hunger, and loss. No, this is Death. The other one is Grave. Uh, this is slowly sucking life from the multiverse and is a source of negative energy. <laughs> sucking my bar. The power that's used to animate the undead comes from here. Uh, it's made of many different fragments, but each one embodies a different vision of desolation. The fiends of Mabar steal fragments of other planes to create a realm of broken worlds that are in various stages of decay. Sure. Yeah. Rizia, which is a plane of ice... Not, 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 not a plane like a plane of existence, but a plane like the Great Plains. Yes, like plane of like, ice, like the prairies. Yes. Okay. Tundra yeah. is another word. I don't know why they didn't just use that, <laughs> but plane of ice. Okay. Sure. Yeah. This is the opposite of Fernia, which is the the sea of fire, right? Yeah. Uh, it it embodies the chill of winter and the stoic consistency of a glacier. Sure. Okay. There are ceaseless blizzards that howl across the landscape here. And frost giants have carved out fortresses in the glaciers. People that show up here that aren't prepared do not last long. No, this is like when you visit Canada in, in December. Right? Yeah. Uh, but if you're fortunate enough, there are ancient secrets that are in its frigid depths. Now, this uh, one didn't really... I get that there's an opposite to the fire plane. Yeah. But we've already got a lot of this in the north and south pole of Eberron. Yeah, but... Uh, yes, there are... Frozen planes of existence, really levels of the planes in in the Forgotten Realms planes. It's pretty standard. There's even like a frozen desolate level of the Nine Hells. Mm -hmm. So this is a constant theme that this would be one of the big negative places. Um, this You say there's ancient secrets in here? Yeah, they can be found in the depths of the ice. Okay, all right, bear with me on this. This one is knowledge. Because it's the closest thing that we have to ancient secrets and, and so on and so forth. We're running out of, like, perfect parallels with, with cleric domains. Sure. Do you know how many domains there are? Twelve. Okay. So there will be one that doesn't have something? Yeah. Okay. After that, we have Shavarath, which is the battleground. Well, that would be the war domain. Yeah. This is the plane of war. Yeah. Uh, it has been ravaged by a never-ending conflict. Armies of celestials and fiends have been fighting since the dawn of time, okay? Adventurers and other people that are found here get quickly conscripted into the forces that find them, all right? Sure. Now, this could be angels, devils, or demons. Yeah, or Yugoloths, or, yeah. Okay. Any celestial, sure, I'm with you. The other thing I thought that was really neat was that there are wind storms of blades just kind of roaming around. Okay, you know what? This feels like... I Remember we talked about living spells a little while back? Sure. There is one called... Um, uh, Cloud of Daggers. Okay. I would make that a living spell. It's a low-level one. And then have that be here. I think it's a Conjuration spell, but don't quote me on that. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. This plane has a lot of weapons of legend. Sure. And knowledge on the art of war. Yeah. All right. The next one is Serania. This is the one I talk about that is the manifestation zone where Sharn is. Yep. Uh, this is called the Azure Sky. This is the plane of peace and all that flourishes in the time of peace. One of the things that flourishes in times of peace is commerce, which means this is home to a place called the Immeasurable Market, which draws people from across all of reality. The farms and scenery can be found all across the clouds. This is a cloud area, cloud mm -hmm. plane. There are crystal spires that float in the blue sky. It's home to angels that are devoted to serene contemplation. They seek to achieve the ultimate understanding of a particular concept. So they'll want to know everything about one subject. They'll want to follow the tenets of a virtue. So this one is knowledge. Okay, so hold on. The plane of ice and with ancient secrets is arcana. 
ancient magical secrets. It could Arcana be. Arcana domain. So I'm really, I'm banging this drum this episode. Now, the angels here can also be very useful sources of information, and they do sometimes travel to Eberron. So this can be your contact for a higher purpose. I'm thinking, like, later tier yep. encounters or adventures. Yep. Right? Like, this, you could do a lot with this. Okay. Okay. Uh, next, we have Thelanus, which I think we've brought up in the past. A couple of times, yeah. This is the fairy court. All right? It is the home of the fae. Trickery domain. Narrative and metaphor shape the reality here, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, its many dominions are ruled by Arch Fae. Okay. And the denizens reflect the nature of the realm of their lord. So, for instance, the Prince of Frost uh, will probably have... His denizens will probably be, like, Pale Aladrin, and there will be Winter Wolves and stuff that are sure. in his yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... This particular domain is trapped in an endless winter, okay? And the reason is, is because it's been frozen by the prince's cold heart. Oh. Okay? But if he changed this, if it, if it warmed up... Everyone could have a Merry Christmas. The realm would change with it. If his heart grew three sizes that day... Uh-huh. Right? So it, No one can see the jerk-off motion that I'm making, but that's what's happening right now. Oh, is that what that is? We do, we do this... Very differently? Well, yeah, I use two hands. I don't use hands at all. I, I have a question I don't want an answer to. Please keep talking. Purple saxophone, baby. <laughs> oh, so you have at least 12 other people. Minimum. 12 others plus me, that's... 13. One for each plane. Yes. That's just plain weird. Uh, time and space in Thelanus are malleable. So you might leave you, the material plane and come to Thelanus and spend three days there. But when you get back to the material plane, perhaps it was only an hour, a minute... Maybe it was a week, maybe it was a month, maybe it was 30 years, okay? It changes. And this is kind of indicative of the Feywild, isn't it? Well, we yes, it, it is. There are sections of the Feywild. It's normally all about big trees and plants and mushrooms and shit, right? But, this, but there's definitely Arctic winter sides to the Fey. But Thelanus, to me, feels like the substitution for the Feywild. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm with you so far. That's really all there is to Thalanus. Yeah. Okay. The last one is Zoriat, which is with an X. And this is the realm of madness. Being here. Okay, so hold on. This one's Tempest, and the fire one is Forge. Gotcha. So do you have them all listed out then? Yeah, I'm gonna, I, we're going to go through it again at the end. I'm going to see if I can do it. Okay. Coming here, you're going to kind of think that maybe this is the product of a nightmare. It has bizarre geometry and unspeakable inhabitants. It is an utterly alien environment it's like when i go over to dan's house and kids are running around beings who appearance can shatter a person's sanity live in cities crafted from gargantuan fleshy tumors never mind so no not really no not really i mean dan is both a gargantuan fleshy tumor yeah and a being of horrible madness whose appearance can shatter a person's sanity yeah that's true there is a sea here Mm -hmm. okay like a watery sea except it's not water sure it's protoplasm. Of course. I mean, that's right? what... When you don't have water, you use protoplasm. Right? Yeah. Uh, and it's purple. Uh-huh. And it hurts mortal beings to look at. Purple protoplasm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right? Most of the mortals who visit here will end up going mad. It's just... That's what happens. It's, it's what, what happens, you do. right? Is this where the Dalkir come from? This is the source of many aberrations, including the Dalkir. God, I'm good at this. All right, so let's see if I can do this. There are 13. Yes. Does that include the material plane of Eberron? No. Okay. It also does not include Kyber, which, which isn't... The re- Underdark isn't really a plane either. It's just it's just low down there and it's got some radiation. It's making incredible hulks. So one of the things that I've seen in the book, Dave, is that it it looks like an atom. A-T-O-M. Not, not me. It, it should look like Thank me. God it doesn't. But... Uh, it, it looks like an atom. And so it's got this this molecular nucleus in the middle, which is the plane of Eberron. And it's got all these electrons that are just firing around the outside. So, yeah, in an orbit, right? And yeah. so when the orbit comes closer to Eberron, this is when it might be a better time. For the manifest zones to... Well, yeah, or to hold rituals on the material plane in yeah. memory or in you know regards to that plane. Right? What's interesting to me is that there are 13 moons... And 13 planes. Right. However, there was a 14th moon, but it doesn't talk about a 14th plane. Right. What's also interesting is that there are 14 dragon marks, but one doesn't exist anymore either. 
Yeah. So there, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm drawing parallels. Do what you want with this. When you when you are making your draconic prophecy for your own campaign, do what you want with these coincidental numbers. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm not trying to solve the mysteries of the universe or dig into this multiverse. Multiverse. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. But there's also the ethereal plane and the plane of shadows. Now, these exist on the diagram, but we can't find any of that shit in the actual book, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the ethereal plane, I mean, I feel like we know what that is. But considering that we have a Shadowfell-esque plane as well, it makes me feel like we don't actually need a, a plane of shadow. These, to me, feel like the transitive planes uh, in Forgotten Realms. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, so let me break it down. Uh, we're a little ahead of schedule, so I'm going to take a second. The way that it works in the the Great Wheel is that you have the Prime Material Plane in the middle. Okay? And then you have the two transitive planes and the two mirror planes. Now, the mirror planes are the Feywild, which is just the full of life and everything ramped up to 11 mirror image of the prime material plane. So where there's a mountain on the prime material plane, there's a gigantic fucking mountain in, in the Feywild, right? If it's uh if there is a series of small boulders, right? When you, when you move into the Feywild, it's these massive, huge um, monoliths almost, right? The Shadowfell is the other side of that where everything is kind of soulless and dreary and gloomy and, and, Full of doom and gloom. So that's kind of the two mirror images. But there's also the transitive planes, which are the astral sea, which you can project yourself to. And it's kind of where you you astral project to. It's not quite dreaming, but it's kind of dreaming. Or you can go visit it. Or you can go to the ethereal plane, which is kind of like a hollow mist and fog of, of the prime material plane. And again, you can use this to get to other planes. Beyond that are, are the four elemental planes, fire, water, air and earth right and then beyond that are your um alignment planes the 16 that i mentioned before right so there's there's essentially a grid of five on each side but nothing in the middle so it makes a, a, a ring if you make it a square there's five on each side beyond that are the far realms and the far realms are where aberrations come from it's technically where where mind flayers come from they're not really aliens although they travel on ships through the astral sea or the ethereal plane or whatever to land but they'll they'll bust through the elemental like the elemental plane of air and then they will somehow make it through so that they descend from the skies shit like that you're still going to get all your alien uh, like symbolism and and your flavor but they're actually from the far realms the Far Realms are poorly defined and nobody knows what the fuck is going on over there. Your Prime Material Plane has your Forgotten Realms at the top level. Um, the area is called Faerun. Um, the world is called uh, Toril. And, uh, and underneath it is the Underdark. The Underdark has portals to the lower planes, which are the evil planes. Specifically, most often, to um, the Abyss itself, because that's where all the chaos is. Or the Outer Realms. Which is why we have a shit ton of aberrations down there. But it's not a specific separate plane. You can just walk there. You don't have to do anything else. The ethereal and the astral sea. Well, it was called the astral sea in fourth edition. It's the astral plane now. So these two uh, transitive planes are how you get to the other planes without a portal. You can just accidentally walk through a thin space and get there. Or you can, with simple magic, step into that, that plane. Right, it's not a huge planar shift. Open a gate, you know, swirling portals. The cosmos have to align. You're not doing that. You're just like, yeah, seventh level magic. Here I am. Right, and you can do the same thing to the Feywild and uh, the Shadowfell. Although those ones are more likely that you just got you wandered through the woods and ended up the woods got darker and scarier, and you end up in the Shadowfell. Everything feels kind of whimsical, and now the birds can talk. You're in the Feywild. Right, like you can accidentally wander into these planes of existence. That's what I feel the ethereal plane and the plane of shadow are in Eberron, but it doesn't get into it in this book. Yeah, not that I saw anyways. So we have a real sense of um, of the, the plane of shadow would almost be the the dark side of it. And the ethereal plane is, it gives you a sense just from the diagram alone that it's kind of like the light side of it. It's not necessarily good or evil or life and death or order and chaos. It is, it's none of that. 
It is more like I wandered through the light and I ended up on one of these other planes. I wandered through the darkness and ended up in one of these other planes, right? So I feel like maybe in the deep, dark night of winter, you would pass through the plane of shadow. And if you, it's a nice, bright summer day and you've been staring at the sun and you keep blinking and whatnot, you could wander through a, a beautiful meadow and come out the other side in one of these other planes. Yeah, but that's what the manifest zones are about. Yes, but what your manifest zone that you would walk through is probably what these planes what these planes are. Think about it like the hallway between two doors. The manifest zone, so Eberron is, is your the room that you're in, and then there's a door and that's a manifest zone. But it's not. The manifest zones are places where parts of the other planes can bleed into the material plane. Right. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. So so there's a door and then a short hallway. That's the plane of shadow or the or the ethereal plane. And then there's another door, which is another manifest zone on the plane, the opposite plane, right? Okay. Loud music or um, or light, a crack underneath the door or something, a smell from the other room can move through these manifest zones. So you can get a feeling of what's happening in that other room. Okay. As yeah, if yeah. someone's playing loud music down the hallway. Yep, makes sense. All right. So that's where you're getting that bleed. But you can also, under some circumstances, open the door, travel through one of these transitive planes it's my phrase from forgotten realms not not their phrase here and end up on the other or if you're a giant you can just smash the corridor between eberron and delcor apparently right i'm wondering what kind of ancient magic well the fact that giants specifically did this i wonder if that moon that they destroyed would have been the one for yeah it's interesting. I, I'm, right? like there's there's room for interpretation, and there's a lot of that's almost what I like about Eberron is it's it gives you so many vague details, mm-hmm. right? And it really allows you to kind of build your own, uh, or it gives them something that they can publish more of later. Okay, so let's go through it again because I want to see if I can do this properly. Okay, so um, give me the title of it and the brief description again, like just super brief. So we've got Donvi. That's the perfect order. They embody order, ideals, and laws. Yeah, that's the the. Uh, order domain. Okay, we've got Delcor, the region of dreams. That's the one that I didn't have anything for because that's the 13th. Sure. We've got Dolor, which is the realm of the dead. Which is the death domain. No, it's grave. Yes, that one's grave. Yeah. There's Fernia, the sea of fire. Which I said is forge. Yeah, there's Irion, which is the eternal dawn. Which I said is light. No, wait, that one's... Wait, are there 13? Oh, yeah. Okay. That one was... Yeah, that one I said was light. Yeah, it's the plane of light and hope. There's Kithri, which is the churning chaos. Which is trickery. Um, I feel like that could be Tempest. It could be. I mean, there's, I mean, it's literally Earth moving around. Yeah. You know, there's Lymania, which is the Twilight Forest. Okay. And, sorry, the Twilight Forest was? Uh, it ha- It's called a forest, but it has every possible natural environment. Oh, okay. So that's a nature domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah through and through. There's your bar. Yeah, my bar. Endless night. Um, which was the that that one's the the death domain. Yeah, yeah, it's all about entropy, hunger, and loss. Yeah. There was Rizia, which is the plane of ice. Which I said was Arcana because there's ancient secrets. There's Shavarath, which is the battleground. Which war. is war. Yeah. Uh, Cyrania, which is the azure sky, the plane of peace. And all that flourishes in the time of peace. And But everybody wanted to know something very specific about something here, right? Like they're all learning, they're all looking towards this one. This would be knowledge. This is knowledge. Yeah. yeah. There's Thelanus, which is the fairy court. Which I think is trickery because fae. And Zoriat, which is the realm of madness. That one's Tempest. Okay, which means that you... What I take Tempest you don't, away? <clears throat> which means you don't have one for Kithri. What's Kithri? Plane of chaos, always in constant flux, elements collide... Causing explosions. Life. No, because life was... Irian. Yes. Life. No, that's light. Yeah. Light and life are both Irian. Well, light is. Yeah, but but life could also be the nature one. Or, I, I you know, life is, is chaos. Jeff Bol- Jeff Goldblum told us that. Yes, he did. Yep. So. You're, you're happy? I'm happy. Again, I'm finding parallels that are probably not there in the no, original No, they're probably design. not. But there are a lot of parallels... There is so much room for interpretation here. Yes. I'm eager to see a planar landscape that is based on the seven deadly sins or something like that. I, I want to step away from the elemental planes, which we got four here. We didn't get water, but we got ice. 
We got air, and I guess the nature one is kind of earth, right? We've yeah. got we've got life and death, and and light and dark, and yeah, and I I feel like we're hitting the same themes over and over: good and evil, law and and chaos, and we. This is the same fantasy realm planar nonsense that that I've seen over and over. It's not nonsense, but it's I know this this song and dance, right? Yes. I like that these are different takes on the these familiar tropes. But I would like to see something that's radically different. Okay, hold on. Before we do anything else, Dave, I'm going to step away. Normally, I'm like, hey, what's your favorite plane? Yep. Actually, let's do that first. Okay. All right, let's do it first. Then I got a, I got a unique question for you. Sure. I got a seven. Yeah, I you, dropped it on the ground. You got a 19. Eh, it's over there. Um, P-51 Mustang. You're a piece of shit. Which one is your favorite of these 13 planes? Which one do you like the best? Uh, the material plane. Um, so I don't think that... As a DM or a player, I have actually ever crossed from the material plane to a different plane for more than a couple of seconds. For more than a couple of rounds. I will plane shift somewhere and then come right the fuck back. Well, that no, that's not true. I ran an evil campaign where you hung around in the Nine L's for, yeah, that's a, true. for a couple of sessions. Sure. It, okay, let's, let's say it happens very rarely. Sure. Okay, so... Opening myself up as a player to this sounds interesting. Opening myself up to this as a DM sounds like a lot more work. Uh, however, I'm well-versed in it now, so I probably will. You guys, you know, my Thursdays, forget about that. Don't don't listen to this. All right? <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, but I got to say, if I was going to pick one, I mean, you know me. I like nature. I would probably go Limania. There's probably some really cool stuff there. I like... One of my favorite things in the world is to wake up early when it's still dark, go out into the woods... Wear my camo, hide in the bushes, and and peek in through people's windows. Watch nature. That's what um, I said. Come to life. Watch the world. I'm glad wake you up. said to life. Watch the birds come out of their nests and start chirping. Watch the deer get up and start rambling on their way. Like the 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 nature, the twilight forest. That I would love to go there. Me personally, myself. Okay. All right. So for me, I want to go to Lancaster. What? No. Dave, fucking stop it. So, I, it's my job to derail it, not yours. <laughs> so, um, I'm all about Mabar. I believe you are. Yeah. I just, I would How many wa- times you pull your horn a day, bud? Ballpark 68? You're a fucking animal. You goddamn better believe it. So, um, no. The thing about Mabar that I like is that it's it's desolation. It's hunger. The sorrow sworn from um, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes belong here. I'm going to get a lot of undeath and a lot of zombies and whatnot. When I kill characters, now you have to go to Mabar to get them back. So I would put it in as a DM. I would talk to the player ahead of time and I would say, hey, I know you're going away on a work trip for three weeks and we're not going to see you for a bit or, you know, you're going on your honeymoon, whatever it is, right? You're not going to play at the table anymore. I want to work it into the plot to kill your character at the end of your session before you go and then have three weeks of them going to get your soul back. And if I can get them to sign up for that so that I just don't explode them and then they fuck off for a month, like, that's not fair. But but I would definitely play with this a little bit more to, like, go to Mabar and, and recover the soul of a fallen player. Go to Mabar and pay the toll troll to get in this boy's soul. You gotta pay the... Troll toll to get in? Yes. Yeah. And you will meet the Golden God in there. Yeah, I imagine he's probably from Erion. Shut up, bird. So, uh, but I, I had another question that was a little bit outside of our regular purview. And that is, before we jump into the monster thing, if you could have a plane of something that is not represented here, what would that plane be? 16. 20. All right, you go first. Um, I didn't have an answer set up for this. so Me neither. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. Um, I would have a plane of uh, music and arts. Sure. I notice that there's always stuff for warlocks to dig in through. There's clerics, any divine caster. There's obviously shit for druids and rangers and whatnot. There doesn't seem to be anything specifically for bards ever in the plains. There's like a city that really enjoys this, but where are the bards who have a special relationship with the magical weave and though I don't think the weave exists in Eberron, but the way that magic works and they use their their body and their their voices and they tap into the oratory sounds and and whatnot where is that plane 
That's what I want to see. I would like to be able to, as a dungeon master, explore that and reward the bard at the party. There's something there for barbarians. There's something there for fighters. There's there's something there even for artificers when they go to the, the one of order and there's modrons around. And they're all like very, this is how you make this. There's stuff for wizards where there's magical secrets. There are ancient knowledges frozen away that you have to uncover. That's fucking wizard shit, right? The chaos of whatever is a wild magic sorcerer. We have that for everybody, but not bards. And that's why I would want to see that. Sure. Do you have an answer? Okay, so you, you kind of hit me with a curveball here. I wasn't expecting to answer a question like this. Yeah. So just off the cuff, I think that the idea of a realm of... of Maybe competition, sport. Yeah, okay. All right, I, that's got a real Greek feel to it. It does. Like, that would be that'd be great for non-combat combat. Yeah, it allows you to maybe dig into your skills a little bit more if you haven't in the past. Because again, competition doesn't have to be physical. It can be verbal. Uh, it can be through persuasion and intimidation and deception. Performance, exactly. Right. right? So this is this is an, uh, an area where you know I was just thinking about the. I was thinking about the character sheet and what part can we use of that to make a new plane. And I think that the skill one has a lot of potential. Yeah, the section on skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really like that. And I like the idea that you can get a sense of accomplishment by revisiting this throughout a campaign. Getting better and better. And like, hey, we got the equivalent of a gold medal, right, in this event and this event. But we will not be allowed... Into the whatever section until we are a champion. We as 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 party members have to combine our medals to get whatever. Have enough combined points to... Yes, we're winners, but we're not triple crown winners. Exactly, yeah. right? So, um, we've won the divisional, but you know, now it's time to go to regionals, right? Yeah, like, uh, regionals. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so I, I really like that. I feel like there needs to be more abstract ideas about the planes... And, I mean, I know this is a series on Eberron, but for Dungeon Masters out there, latch on to that shit. Because there's a lot of gods that are the god of, and it's like, music. Or or feathers or shit, right? Like, there's all sorts of crazy different kinds of gods and all the different pantheons. They even list the Egyptian and Norse and Greek and Roman pantheons in the back of the player's handbook. I don't know if Romans are on there, but the rest of them are. And... As they, as they list them and you see what they're gods of, you're like, that's weirdly specific. Yes. And we don't have a realm that represents that. So if you're going to homebrew or you want to do something totally wild and throw your, your players into something they've never seen before, especially experienced players, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to extrapolate from the domains and the, the purviews of other gods and be able to kind of figure that shit out right like go to the plane of of um birth and motherhood and while everyone's like oh center everywhere i'm not i'm thinking that this is like weird cosmic horror where shit is like always birthed from something else and it's like a mad orgy of limbs and horror this feels lovecraftian to me now at this point right it could it could or it could very much be a place of protection for children and babies and and a mother's love is the purest love, and so on and so forth. But we don't have anything like that in D&D planes. And people should, should stop and think about it. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and if you have a good idea for a plane, hit me up in the subreddit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or uh, or hit us at info at it's a mimic. Right? There's, I'm, I'm curious. If you've got one, give it to me. I'll make a post uh, on the subreddit for this episode. Hit me in the comments. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on to monsters. Excellent. We're going to do Rakshasa this week, right? So there are a couple of new Rakshasa entries in the Eberron book. One of them is a lesser kind of Rakshasa, and that's one we're going to focus on, because another one is a named one. His name is uh, Mordekesh, and he serves uh, Rak Talkesh, who was the um, overlord that we talked about. He's essentially one of these lords of dust, um, but I don't think they call him that directly. Remember... Rakshasas are magical, tiger-looking bipeds. They're anthropomorphic tigers, but their hands bend backwards. All their fingers, are they bend the wrong way. All of their knuckles are installed backwards. That's what's unique about a Rakshasa. Um, and they are CR-13 in the Monster Manual. Um, Mordekesh is CR-15, so he's better than. Sure. 
So what we're going to talk about now is Zakia Rakshasa. Okay, so here's what we have. Millions of years before the rise of the humanoid races, the Rakshasas of Eberron ruled a civilization that spanned Corvair. They're masters of combat, and their um, gear, the artwork for it, makes them look vaguely Roman legion. Yep, I see that. They are they wield weapons with demonic fury, rushing into battle, seeking vengeance against those who bound their fiendish masters. So these are called these are the martial variant, and they're called the Zakya Rakshasa. So they're bloodthirsty foot soldiers. They're driven to free their fiendish rulers, seeking vengeance against the dragons and those who revere the Kawadals. Kawadals are flying snakes with wings. They're spellcasters. They're celestials. Yeah, they were also they also worked with the dragons of Argonison to rid the world of the overlords. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you said there were celestials and dragons, and I think we implied that it was mostly angels, but no, it's also these other celestials like Kawadals. Yes. Unlike other Rakshasas with their luxurious robes and their fineries, because they they present themselves as nobles, right? The the standard ones. These guys are always clad in battle gear. They've got well-worn scale mail, a razor-sharp longsword, and a heavy shield bearing the emblem of their demonic master. The big difference is that while the other one is CR 13, these guys are CR 5. So you can run into groups of these when you're in tier 3 and 4. Okay. So they're still um, medium fiends that are lawful evil. Their AC is actually higher than the regular ones. The AC is 18 instead of 16. And they've got uh, fewer hit points, which is why they're a lower CR, right? I, I like the idea of running into one of these, or a group of these guys that are operating as a cult of the dragon below. Yes, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. So Rakshasas normally can move 40 feet around, which is kind of intimidating and weird. These guys can only move 30. So we can see that they're limited. They've got higher strength, but lower dex. They've got equal con, but lower intelligence. And they have lower wisdom and lower charisma. This is because their their innate spellcasting is very limited. Okay, whereas the regular Rakshasas uh, DC, their spell save DC is 18 and they've got a plus 10 to hit with spell attacks these guys have a spell save of 11 and they can cast detect thoughts disguise self and shield as opposed to all of the big spell casting that that the other guys can do right so um they're not so much here to do mage hand and minor illusion and dominate person and and true seeing so they're and they've got a different skill set they're all about athletics and perception, as opposed to the monster manual version, which is deception and insight. So you can see one is all about intrigue and subtlety. These guys are foot soldiers. Yep. They actually have damage of vulnerability. Most creatures don't. This is the same with other Rakshasas, but this is one of the things that I really like about them. You have to know your player's alignment. Because if it's piercing magical weapons that are wielded by good creatures they will be vulnerable to this. That's double damage taken. They're resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks, which is pretty straightforward. Their dark vision is still 60 feet. Their passive perception is 14 instead of the 13. They still speak common and infernal. They have limited magic immunity. This is the same, so they can't be affected or detected by spells of first level or lower unless it wishes to be. And it has advantage on saving throws against all other spells and magical effects. The limited magic immunity that the standard Rakshasa has is spells of 6th level or lower. They just shrug it off unless they want it to happen. So um, the only thing that they get that the other Rakshasa doesn't get as far as their basic features go is they get a magical weapon. Their weapon attacks are magical. They have a multi-attack. They get three melee weapon attacks or they can make two range attacks with their javelin. The multi-attack that a Rakshasa gets is just two claw attacks. Okay. So... Um, the, I'm going to give you the monster manual one first. It's a claw attack plus seven to hit one target within five feet, 2d6 plus two slashing. And the target is cursed. If it's a creature, the magical curse takes effect when the target takes a short or long rest, filling the target's thoughts with horrible images and dreams. The cursed target gains no benefit from finishing a short or long rest. And the curse lasts until it is lifted by a remove curse spell or similar magic. Yikes. That shit does not exist. For the new Eberron, the Zakia Rekshasas. 
Okay, they have the long sword, which remember they can do three times, plus seven to hit, which is the same. Reach five feet, one target, which is the same. And instead of the 2d6 plus 12 from the claws, they get 1d8 plus four, or 1d10 plus four if they're using it with two hands. So it's considered versatile weapon. They also have a javelin, which is their range attack, which I said they can do it twice, um, which is plus seven to hit again. The range is 30 feet normally, or 120 feet with disadvantage. 1d6 plus four piercing damage. So these guys are just foot soldiers. If you have a monster manual and you are in Eberron or the Forgotten Realms, I don't see a problem putting a regular Rakshasa surrounded by two or three of these bodyguards. Yeah, it seems like a logical step. Yeah, that these are lesser versions of them, right? And so I really like this as an alternative. Like I like all when every time you get a different kind of goblin or there, we got a couple of different kinds of hill giants and shit... When you get all the different gnolls and orcs and all the mobs get different variations. Ghosts of Saltmarsh is a great book for the variations on on Bullywugs and freaking Sawajan and, and stuff like that, right? So there's a lot of opportunities to kind of split these out. I wasn't expecting it for Rakshasa. And I'm really glad that they did that because it's a lot of fun. And then they give you kind of what a what a named one is. Which was the the Mordekesh, who remember in the first episode we did the Rak Talkesh Overlord. He yep. was the the Overlord of War and Destruction. Yep. This is his Lord of Dust. Okay, this is his you know next in command, and he's got all sorts of crazy shit. He's got slightly better uh, spell casting, much better abilities, um, and he's got kind of everything from both sides. He's got a multi attack with a great sword, but he also has. Just chromatic orb that he can do. There's no spell slots involved. There he goes. Um, and he's got legendary actions, oh. which, which is batshit insane. Of course it is. Yeah. So um, he gets essentially an attack or uh, he gets resistance to one damage type of his choice until the start of his next turn, which is just shitty. That's just shitty. And uh, he's got Warlord's Command, which costs two actions where he targets up to two allies that he can see within 30 feet of him. If a target can see and hear him, the target can make one weapon attack as a reaction and gain advantage on the attack roll. So that's nifty. So he lets other people go on his turn, like other allies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can see where the Zakya Rakshasa are supposed to be paired with him. Could you imagine pairing a couple of regular Rakshasas with him? That's going to be my my level 20 battle, like not not my big boss and but you know, you want to be at level 20 for a couple of sessions to really get your capstone ability flavor and whatnot, yep. I'm going to throw this guy in a couple of... You're going to run through a handful of Rakshasas, sure. right? Of the varying three kinds before yep. you unlock the Overlord to fight in the final battle, right? So, of course. You always kill the Lieutenant first. Exactly. Yeah. And so... And this is kind of why I'm excited about the Rakshasas. I wish we had more variations on the other fiends, but they specifically do say the Lords of Dust are mostly Rakshasas. I myself would definitely throw some sort of... of Vrocks or Baylors or Pit Fiends. Like, you can really flesh this shit out. Having a, a Nalfeshne run around um, to be a a Lord of Dust makes a certain amount of sense. We're, we're kind of talking that Tier 3, Tier 4. But the Rakshasas feel unique with the fact that we have multiples of them. This is an organization. Yeah, it can be. I, I think I... Said it well earlier with the could be a cult of the dragon below. Yes, this one, this feels like the cult instead of the single agent out there trying to dig up the ruins to bring back the whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever, right? So, um, and it feels like these guys could take on an adult dragon. So this series, as well as other series on role-playing games, are available on the It's a Mimic feed on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and lots of other podcast apps. So don't forget to follow or subscribe on whatever app you're listening to. If you are curious about using Fiends, there's actually a series of Fiend episodes, and you can go check it out on the playlist on YouTube. You can also check out recent episodes at www.itsamimic.com, and feel free to support us by hitting that donate button. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's a Mimic, Touring the Multiverse. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook, or you can find me at the subreddit r slash it's a mimic. You totally should. I want to hear what your idea for planes are. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Adam. And we'll be back with more Eberron information. And I'm Adam. Fuck off. (laughs) Bye!
Mister, would you want uh, maybe a, a worm per se for your head orifices? Any which one, you know, pick or choose. It's a little bit up to you. you got a really deep voice, Mister, but uh, your speech could be deeper if you know what I mean. Jen. Yeah, Adam. Jen. Uh, no, Adam. Dave. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You are wiggling a worm at people. What the yeah, fuck? You can't just, do this. Stop. You're trying to stay. Under the radar, Jed, come on. Yeah, but this is, it's just a worm, you know? It, it's just, it's harmless. It's uh, one of the creations. Why are you trying to give it away? Like, what, what is it? Hey, look, I'm not just wiggling this worm out here as bait for any catch that comes by, all right? I'm trying to offer somebody here a really, really interesting product, okay, David? This is the speech of the aberrations. The, the, the aberrations? The aberrations, yeah. If you put this fucking worm in your head... It becomes attuned to you. You can speak the deep speech, which is the same as the aberrations, what they talk like, right? And we all kind of want to aspire to be an aberration. Uh, I don't want to put your worm inside me. Yeah, especially my ear. What are you... No, Jed, no. Well, is there could, a better hole? You could put it in your nose. I mean, left or right doesn't matter. It all goes to the same fucking sinus. Yeah, no, that's that's weird. It... it Helps you talk to just the aberrations? Uh Uh-uh, man. Uh Uh-uh. This is what I'm saying. It's a small price to pay. It's a tiny little worm. You put this thing in your ear, and it gives you the opportunity of spells, David. It gives you the opportunity to do spells like detect thoughts or dissonant whispers. That's magic, my friend. Interesting. Uh, that's a little sketchy for us. Sorry, Jed. That seems like pretty sketchy magic that I probably shouldn't deal with. Okay, all right, okay, I, I'll give on this one. I thought you guys were a little bit more rough and tumble than that, but I guess not, all right? That's fine. Uh, what else do I got here? What else do I have? Something a little more, uh, a little more tame for you guys. Oh, how about this? This is, uh, Glamour Weave. It's, uh, it's a fucking beautiful. What do you think? What, whoa, what's that? What is it doing? Is that on fire? Yeah, it's man. beautiful. Hey, watch this. Now... It's a running waterfall. And now, it's a bunch of bees. You're like a beehive. You're the queen bee, baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. what is this? How does this work? This robe is the nicest robe that you'll see in all of the realms, all right? You're never going to be walking down the street and see another person or another humanoid wearing one of these robes, and they're going to be exactly the same, okay? What it does is it casts a minor illusion. And you can change it to whatever the hell you want, you know? Like it was on fire, it had some bees, you were top bee, queen bee. It could be whatever you want it to be, you know? Pretty fucking cool. Does it, does it help us somehow? Oh, you fucking bet. Now, look at how cool your buddy Jed looks wearing this robe with the flames, okay? You look pretty fucking cool, Jed. I fu- Absolutely stunning. Hey, that's what I'm saying. In fact, this is what it's helping me with right now is persuading you guys to buy the damn thing. And hell, even if I knew it was a piece of shit, I'm putting on a hell of a performance because of the aid from this robe. Oh, oh. It, it, interesting. You you do seem a little more charismatic. Yeah, you're damn right, man. So what do you say? I mean, uh, it looks good on me, but it uh, could look better on uh, either one of you, really. Uh, you know, I, I think that I'm still trying to be low-key, and I think that this isn't going to help with that. So not right now, but maybe later. Jeez. Well, how much is it? I don't even know why I ask anymore, David. Oh, of course, you got a good old Davy here passing up on, uh, you know, a good deal. I'm starting to think that those pockets you first walked up with aren't as deep as you may say. Maybe second knuckle, really. You know what, Jed? Fine. How much? Ah, oh, big spender today. Something to prove. All right. Ah, uh, let's go 350. 350 gold pieces. What do you say, Dave? Three, 350? You know what? Fine. I'm going to get two of them. Here, Adam, you can have the other. Okay, cool, thank you. Um, t- can I get a discount for both? Fuck no. Ask him again once you put these on. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, they work like magic. I'm wearing the rope. You just bought two. Maybe if you put them on, we'd be able to work a better deal out for you. We will remember this for next time, Jed. If you make it look like a normal outfit, I'll never know either. Ah, shut up, Jed. Stop giving them ideas. All right, 700. Here you go. 700 gold pieces, and and you're sure about the worm. I mean, look at it. I try not to look at yeah, it. Yeah, I, do, I don't want to hear Cover your more. worm with the robe. They suit yourself. I'm going to put it in my own ear. Look, watch. 
That's friggin' gross. Jed, you're you're right. You were cross-eyed for a sec. Oh, jeez. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm uh, I'm just fine. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, look. Okay, I'm gonna go have a little lay down. All right. Uh, you know, have a good day, guys, and remember. Bye, Chad. But what we're going to talk about now is butts and all thing butts. Butts, butts, butts. So much butts. Metric shit tons of butts. <laughs>